Hey everybody, Jeff Antoniak here at Digging Deeper Jazz Video Series. Thank you so much for tuning in. So this is part two of uh, our talk about ballads and the problem with playing ballads. And uh, if you haven't checked out the previous video, that would be a great thing to do, but I'm glad you're tuning in here. This video absolutely stands on its own. And this video, like all the other videos, are for all instruments. So don't let the saxophone throw you. This is going to relate to drums and to bass and to piano and to every other horn. It's going to relate to comping and accompanying. It's going to relate to playing melodies. It's going to relate to soloing. So uh, a lot of information that I've never seen written down. I'm sure it's somewhere in, you know, in my long experience in jazz education and as a professional. I've never seen this stuff. I've never had anyone talk to me about it. But after all the coaching and teaching that I've done, I had to come up with a way to sort of conceptualize why ballads are so freaking hard to play and why it, or why it's easy to play them poorly, why I hear this, and now how can I fix it? That's my job, right? Now for you folks out there listening, I think you're in two categories, no, three categories. One category is like me, you're a jazz professional. Second category, many of you out there are amateurs. You're playing on the side. You uh, make your living uh, outside of music, but you're fanatical about this music. You're the folks I like the best. Uh, the third category, you got here by mistake. If you've listened this far, turn this off. You're gonna hate this. This, has, th this isn't for you. Go, go. All right, they're gone. Cool, so it's just us jazz people now. Thank goodness. Okay, um, now I made that distinction between pros and uh, now if you're a pro listening to this, awesome. Um, because you're interested in sort of expanding how you think or talk, maybe looking, and I'm constantly doing this stuff. I'm trying to find out how I can be a better coach, a better mentor, and finding new ways to talk about things. So that's awesome. And uh, so I, I love that energy of trying to push to the next level. We all listen to a lot of good people playing, but the idea of wanting to kind of hone some ideas about teaching or thinking about the music, I love that energy. And if you find something here, fabulous. I appreciate that. Now for the uh, amateurs out there, I'm trying to get you guys some great information. Everything in the music industry is geared towards kids. I'm talking about lessons and music camps and it's, everything's geared towards kids or you're flipping through Downbeat Magazine and it's, you know, some mouthpiece or drumsticks or whatever and there's a college student sitting there with Peter Erskine or Bob Mincer or whoever. Fantastic. But I tell you what, most of the musicians out there are folks like you. So that's what these videos are about. That's who they are for. So I appreciate you tuning in. If you haven't gotten in touch with me before, please do. Email me, diggingdeeperjazz at gmail.com. And I would love to uh, get you some PDFs, some free PDFs from the previous videos or some MP3s I've been sending around, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, please get in contact with me and do subscribe if you haven't already. Okay, so let's dig into this. As I said, if you haven't watched the previous video, we were talking about the difference between feels in a ballad, how a swing ballad, a Duke Ellington song, can be played with straight eighth notes or swung eighth notes. And it's very difficult to tell, like the sheet of paper is not going to tell you for damn sure. Um, and so we have to use our listening to historically important recordings. How did Coltrane play this? How did Duke Ellington play this? We also have to listen to our bandmates. Here's the thing. They may be knuckleheads. <laughs> they may be knuckleheads. They may not. They're, they're just drummers back there stirring the soup, playing brushes on the snare drum. 
they may have never even thought about this, right? The bass player is just playing a bass line that's in their head. They may not know, are they subdividing eighth notes or triplets? Hmm. Are they straight eighths or are they swung eighths? Huh? Never thought about that. The comping on the piano. What is the, right? So you get the idea. This is a lot of blind leading the blind, which is why ballads are so unforgiving. When we're playing a medium swing tune, if we're all playing about the same tempo, if we all have the same basic idea of swing, it hangs together okay, right? A ballad, not so. Okay, so here's what I wanna talk about today. The idea that eighth notes in a ballad, I'm gonna be playing in a sentimental mood as I did on the previous video. The eighth notes on this tune are straight, not swung. <laughs> That's straight as opposed to which would be swung, right? So I'm going to play this song with straight eighths. Here's the thing. We often play a bit of double time. So it's not at all uncommon to hear some double time in a solo. Here's the interesting thing. Even when you're playing straight eighths as your underlying rhythm, the double time feel is almost always swung. That's a big, like that, maybe uh, a light bulb went off or a light bulb exploded in your head, that in the same song, in the same measure, you may mix straight and swing, but it doesn't sound bizarre or quirky. It can work. And so it kind of always works like that. Like even if you're playing swing eighth notes, double time is swing. So the idea is the double time feel is swing. So let me play a little bit for you. I'm gonna play, you know, a bit of uh, in a sentimental mood. So I'm not going for playing the greatest solo. What I'm gonna be thinking about is trying to be clear for you when I'm playing straight eighth notes and when I'm playing swing. Yeah, straight eighth notes, swing eighth notes. Four. there and I was trying to just sort of label on the screen where it was straight eighths and swing sixteenths. And I was being very conscious about it. I would be more fluid with it. I may not have changed back and forth so many times in real performance. But to give you an idea of what it sounds like and the idea that you've heard this before, I'm not making this up. I've listened to a million albums. This is how folks do it much of the time. Are there exceptions? 
Yeah, there's exceptions. This is jazz. There's exceptions. Okay. So um, I tell you what, um, I, I mentioned this on the previous video. If, if you haven't yet, write me, send me an email. I'd be happy to send you an MP3 of me playing, uh, what tune was it? Um, Prelude to a Kiss, another Duke Ellington tune. Happens to be a tune that I recorded, you know, four or five albums ago. And, um, and it would be interesting to listen to that, you know, hear me actually playing a ballad without encumbrances, like having to show ideas like this. But, um, of course, listen to Coltrane play a ballad, listen to Miles play a ballad, listen to Chet Baker play a ballad, right? Um, so you'll hear some of this stuff. But so I, I wanted the last video in this video to give you a key, an idea of how to think about what you're hearing. It's so easy to hear Billie Holiday sing a ballad or Miles play a ballad and it's like, oh my God, this is just art with a capital A and not in a million years could I talk about this. There's something to be said for that. We don't have to talk about everything. But I tell you what, my job is to be a coach and a mentor. You are here because you want to learn how to do this better. So let's actually dig in a little bit. It's fine to throw up our hands and go, what a beautiful uh, rendition of that song. But I tell you what, there are things that we can analyze and find out what's going on. That's why you're here. So I don't, I'm preaching to the choir, but I feel very strongly about that, that people sort of uh, feel like art is this unanalyzable thing. Um, at some point it gets there, but there's a lot, we can go a long way before we start running into problems. So I have helped people with in a 20 minute time span, go from being bands, go from being a mess on a ballad to sounding fantastic. I'm talking about 400% improvement in 20 minutes. Getting them on the same page. What is our feel? And the thing is, they weren't consciously going against each other. They didn't even know that was a thing, that there were different feels in a ballad. We can go much further down this. I could do five more videos on how we can sort of divide things. But uh, for now, we're gonna leave it there. So as I said, send me that email if you wanna get an MP3. There's 50 or 60 other uh, videos here in the Digging Deeper series and some of the previous series. So please subscribe to the channel. Please share this with other people that you think would be interested. As I said, if you're a professional out there, I would love to hear from you. I'd love to meet you. I'd love to know where in the country or where in the world you are and what your work is and talk to you a little bit about this great work that I do with adult students. And if you're one of these adult students, I wanna hear from you and see what opportunities you have in your town. I'm spreading this idea of having jazz professionals working specifically with adult students, and we're already doing this in five or six uh, cities around North America, and that's gonna be expanded. So, thank you very much for your time, thank you for tuning in, and uh, we'll see you next time. Take care.